And here we go. The Sprista's Goose. <laughs> I don't apocalypse on Shabbos. <laughs> Trump Shabbos. <laughs> I say that doesn't sound like too good of a story for him then. <laughs> yes, it's an 80s film, but it's a quintessential 80s film. That motherfucker gets me excited about science. But yes, I, I do think that this movie requires a couple more views. I have the same cup size as Doc Hawk. <laughs> Give me my sandwich. <laughs> no crusts. Was it an instant classic for you? Uh, no. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, moviegoers of all ages, welcome to Don't Be Crazy Podcast. I'm Justin Cavender. With me as always, Mr. Zachary Rancourt. Here we discuss and dissect what makes a film, past or present, absolutely amazing, or just pure rubbish. All that we ask of each other, don't be crazy. Don't be crazy, Zach. Yeehaw! We're going to Texas today. Is that, oh, how, they is, is that how they talk in, in Texas? <laughs> I don't think that's entirely accurate. <laughs> I know that I have some friends from Texas, and they say Washington. And I'm like, there's no R in Washington. <laughs> but oh, that's okay. Bless your heart. Bless your heart. <laughs> Hey buddy, how are you? It's been so long. It's been like two hours since I've talked to you. Yeah, I had to, I had to watch a motion picture show that uh, had me on edge. Not gonna oh. Lie. oh my gosh, man! I exactly same sentiment. I oh. from, <laughs> from, the, yeah, from the moment Johnny face birthmark gets in the on the screen <laughs> i'm just like freaking out johnny face birth- i know that was distracting me because i'm like is this was this intentional or did they just this guy just had this birthmark because it just kind of adds to his character but you could totally get away without doing it it just was very weird yeah i didn't like it it was like a giant kidney bean on his face <laughs> not a fan yeah, I would, so I would, weird. I would cut that shit off the second I was old enough to hold a knife. <laughs> he had a knife. He had he a, a razor. He had a bootstrap, bootstrap, <laughs> a bootstrap, and his camera, his Polaroid. So, yeah. oh, but, uh, goodness. yeah, we're we're doing the uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 1974, directed by Toby Hooper. <gasps> oh, written by Toby Hooper and Kim Henkel, and uh, oh, I just. I shiver every time. This was my first time ever seeing this, Justin. I um, have never seen it in, in its entirety. I definitely have seen parts of it and a good majority of it, but I have never seen it in its entirety. So this was fun for me. Um, well, fun, pH fun. You know, yeah. little little Kim, she's fat. Yeah. <laughs> <PH> fat. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> no doubt. Um, keep it on the lowdown. <laughs> but, um... But yeah, it was it was fun for me, but it was definitely uh, an experience, and we'll 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 talk about that. Um, but uh, you might not have anything that you want to recommend for watching. But I was thinking about thinking about this because I I was watching some stuff the other day. Um, but I have definitely kind of been on a, a movie kick, and um, I watched because uh, it's October. I watched The Babysitter on Netflix. Um, I can't recommend it. It wasn't very good. I like the idea of it. Did you ever see that at all? Uh, what movie? What show? The ba- the Babysitter on Netflix. It's a movie. No, no. no. It's a. It's oh a wait, movie. yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of like a horror movie, right? Yeah, it's like a subverting horror movie, and it's about this really attractive babysitter. She's I don't know how old she is, but she's um, babysitting this kid who's like twelve or thirteen, and he's kind of a loser. 
and she, they he has a crush on her, but sneaks down to kind of watch her and her friends make out and stuff. But they end up killing this guy, and it's all cultish and and really weird. And I liked it. I like what they were going for, but ultimately it failed pretty hard on some stuff. So um, I was just eye rolling a lot. But yeah, I watched that. Um, so I have recommend you, not watching watched, that. Have you watched El Camino? Uh, no, my roommate was just talking about that, though. Um, I feel like I need to watch. There is a quintessential top 10 Breaking Bad uh, episode list out there, and I can't remember where I saw it last. It might have been IGN before IGN got weird. Um, and it actually was pretty solid. So I think I need to rewatch those again just so I can kind of get back in the rhythm, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, but did you watch it yet? Because didn't no. it just come out like to came out today? Yeah. Oh, yeah. OK. I'm super excited because I love Jesse Pinkman. Um, yeah, I I think that it will be really good. But I just I want to get back into that world of Breaking Bad before I actually jump into it. So, yeah. Um, and I heard uh, I heard we got a fan of the show, too. I can, yeah, man. Um, Mr. Josh from Corona. He says that uh, he liked the Tombstone podcast so much. That he bought the motion picture show. The Amazon was having some sort of deal where you buy three movies, and Tombstone was one of his three on account of the podcast. Thank you, Josh. It's like uh, what is that? That old Columbia House. You buy three movies for ninety nine <laughs> cents. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you gotta buy eight more for like six hundred dollars. No, but Jesus. Take your time. You got, you got like three years. No big deal. We'll come knocking if uh, you don't send a check. We're going to send some goons <laughs> your way. Thank you, Josh. That's awesome. I, I love I love hearing. I can't. I don't think we can call them fans. That's super pretentious. But just our Listeners. homies Listener. online. Hell yeah. Listeners, amigos, whatever you want to call them, acquaintances. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Love hearing those things. We have our usual Steve, Matt, everybody like that. It's super cool. So thank you, Josh, so much um, for, you know, letting us know that you like the show. And I was telling Justin this earlier. I was kind of lukewarm on on Tombstone, but I think the reason I liked it so much was because Justin was passionate about about Mister Mister Russell, and um, I totally uh, you know I totally pictured myself watching it with him, him yeah. sipping down on a monster, him yeah. fucking on a monster. <laughs> yeah, there you go, the old yeah. uh, aluminum teat. <laughs> like you're boning me, calling me. <laughs> <laughs> on the phone on the phone <laughs> i bet people are like why the hell do they say that i have no idea what that yeah is. Don't, don't worry about it don't it, worry is, about it, it is an inside joke that has <laughs> that has exhausted itself <laughs> <laughs> oh my god Shit. i uh, i think i am just one giant walking inside joke I have these Cavenderisms that just sort of catch on and people around me just start saying what I say and it <laughs> it's infectious. I am patient zero and I'm just fucking biting and licking everybody with my sayings. You're like the monkey on outbreak. Yes. Yes. You're trying I, to contain it and I'm fucking driving the monkey to the airport, man. 
I feel like I need to make a shirt with all your sayings. The hi, and then <laughs> thank you so much. And then what else? Oh, I need to put baseball stuff. <laughs> That's not mine. I, <laughs> I just came out of nowhere one day with uh, Liar Liar. No, that was good. And then I need to put, let me see, you always see. <laughs> <laughs> That's real. That's not mine either. I know, but it's good, though. And then, uh, oh, shit. I can't even remember. It does. You, you, got, you got a couple more. So, um, yeah. So, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, 1974, like you were saying, Toby Hooper and Kim Hankel. Um, this was a, I don't know how to really describe this right off the bat. Yeah. Let's it's just, not technically a slasher, right? Because that hasn't really happened yet. It's well, yeah. Like, so 79 was the start of the slasher genre. Cause that was well with Halloween. Uh, yeah. It, that was probably the mainstream start of the slasher genre of Halloween. So this is kind of in a category all of its own, though. This was something that had never been seen before. So it stars Marilyn Burns, Alan Danziger, Paul A. Partain, William Vale, Terry McMinn, Edwin Neal, Jim Sidow, Gunnar Hansen, John Dugan, Robert Corton, William Creamer, and John Henry Falk. Um, so a lot of those people, like so Marilyn Burns, she was a, a student at University of Texas, Austin, and she was just a film student. Um, I mean, this was like basically Toby Hooper doing a college project. Um, and yet it's it's hailed as arguably the best horror film of all time, according to many people. Um, it's just one of those obscure films. I don't even really, I can't classify it in a certain genre. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not like zombie or slasher or gross out horror. It's kind of just all over the place, but I think that's kind of what makes it so good. So, but what did this movie do when it first came out, Justin? Like critically? Um, I don't really know the answer to that. Cause I only have like some rotten tomato reviews. Yeah. And that doesn't really, yeah. And they're all current. Yeah. I didn't. I did not do any sort of research. The internet was Al Gore wasn't really making internet back then. <laughs> he was finding truths that were inconvenient, and I didn't want to go to the library and, and scan through that the little Rolodex of newspapers where you just happen to stop it on the perfect article, like they do in the movie. Extra, extra. Yeah. Toby Hooper is scary. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty hardcore, man. Um, all of these reviews are relatively current. Um, yeah, well, I mean, we can skip that then. Yeah, I know. So, like Roger Ebert, his his review is here, and it says the movie is some kind of weird, off the wall achievement. I can't imagine why anyone would want to make a movie like this, and yet it's well made, well acted, and all too effective. Effective, <laughs> not. <Ugh. effective. laughs> <laughs> get your a's and your e's right <laughs> yay mm-hmm. um yeah i i, I think that <clears throat> i'm gonna speak at, from the spectator real quick he says nauseated and shaken i walked out of the texas chainsaw massacre after half an hour of its butchery i think there you go i think that kind of sums up my feel of this and possibly yours, but I think if I were a critic back in, in 74, if coach would have put me in, um, that's kind of what it was like. Probably. I would have just been like, what the fuck did I just watch? Sort of thing. Yeah. This is a snuff so. film. <laughs> People are dying. 
should be, it should be called the Texas Sledgehammer Meat Hook Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> Makeup wearing skin on your face. Featuring massacre. birthmark face. <laughs> Kidney bean face. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's rude. I'm sure he's a nice guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sure he's great when he's not fucking murdering people. <sighs> Gosh. Um, you know, and it, we were talking about the. Okay. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say it has a runtime of eighty-three minutes, and it is the longest eighty-three minutes of your life. I can't believe it's eighty-three minutes because it did feel way longer than that. Yeah, that's pretty hardcore, dude. I I can't. There's only. I'm trying to think of another movie that really just sort of turned me off. And while this was on, I'm just sitting in the dark. My dog's laying on me, and I'm watching. And there's a lot of screaming. There isn't really any music. It's mostly just sort of noise that happens in mm-hmm. this movie. And mm-hmm. I'm just like constantly looking over my shoulder, just making sure that there isn't some <laughs> some fucking creeper just like standing in my window or something. I'm just like, Jesus Christ, dude! Like it, it is like blood curdling kind of uh, kind of a movie, and it's it doesn't sit well with me. I've I've seen it multiple times. I probably I've probably seen this movie uh, I don't know, maybe five to seven times. And every time I see it, I feel like it's the first time I've seen it because I don't know if my brain just sort of shuts off or what, but every time I watch it, I'm just like, oh, fuck, this is, this is scary. I don't like it. <laughs> like, I don't even like I think these people, but they don't deserve what happens to them. I think it's a hallmark of a good film, though. I mean, the fact that it's 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 brand new for you every time. I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but I agree with you the same sentiment. I mean, I watched it during the daytime where it was safe, where I could see all the chainsaw massacres that were happening around me. The chainsaw slash sledgehammer slash meat hook slash birthmark face <laughs> slash wheelchair eating a sausage. Oh, thing. It was. Uh, it, yeah, but I could I, I could like see the danger around me. And I think that goes into a lot of the horror films in general. It's. It's you see horror for your heightened awareness, for your adrenaline pumping, and you when you watch it in the dark, it adds that heightened sense oh, of man, it. I hate it, but uh, my house yeah, all big, and I'm just like hearing noises <laughs> and shit. I'm just like, maybe if I turn up the TV, I won't hear all the creepy noises and the person up in my attic stomping around. <laughs> These are tap dancing. Christ, stop with the noise in the house. I hate it. Justin, you asleep yet? No. Dude, All right, just checking. <laughs> so on the last show, we were talking about um, Event Horizon and the video game Dead Space. And that is a video game that if you play with your headphones on, you're just yeah. you're just going to have a heart attack. dude. You, you're not going to make it through the night. You're going to die. And it's going to be sad. <laughs> Same with... Um, an extra element uh, of, of just horror that, that comes with, with the sound. And it's just too much on your brain. It's, 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 it's exhausting. Same with um, Alien, right? Uh, was it Alien? Oh, Alien no, Isolation? Yeah, so I borrowed it from you, and I never got to play it, but I know I've seen a Twitch video play of it, and dude, it's it's creepy. Like, um, they, one of the Twitch streamers, he was like, what, he was playing it in the dark, and he's like, <sighs> like, <laughs> just because it's it's intense. It's it's one of those really, like, you know, ferocious and creepy games, so. You have my game? Um, have, I gave it to you. You have my game? You keep my shit? <laughs> I gave it to you a long time ago. I'll see it. <laughs> oh, Looking around, no game here. Whatever. Rizzo ate it. Mm. Um, but uh, what was the budget for this? Because we were discussing this, and I don't know if they really found a number. I don't know. They paid wheelchair guy like $50. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> He's got a name. His name is Franklin. <laughs> oh, God. I wanted him to die a lot earlier in this movie. Whoa. 
ADA, ADA. You know, you always see that slaughterhouse. I got an uncle that worked at a slaughterhouse. He took me there and take your daughter to work day and um, it's some fucked up shit. I didn't like him at all. No, he, he was bugging me. Terrible. Budget was started off at what was it like eighty thousand dollars? It was like yeah, it was like sixty thousand. I think is what we found. Again, I think that that's the whole um, mystique of this film is. It was you don't really have all the details. It's all a bunch of like basically tall tales or folklore of, yeah. of what kind of happened on set, right? So w- one of these says sixty thousand, right? Yeah, somewhere in that and, neighborhood of sixty thousand dollars. Yeah, I, I I mean I agree with you. I mean you look at movies like um, uh, Paranormal Activity, and that budget I think was pretty close to I don't even know a hundred thousand or something like that. I think it was less than that, actually. And that movie grossed like millions of dollars. So, <clears throat> and obviously it's different with, with digital compared to film, but you can definitely make a, a, a good horror film on a low budget. And I think that's what's one of the appeals of horror. But um, yeah, so 60,000-ish, something like that. Mm-hmm. But um, The IP was interesting. Um, so they had a ton of spinoffs from this. So they had the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 in 86, they had Leatherface, colon, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3 in 1990. <laughs> I appreciate that. There you go. That's another one. There's, there's a Cavenderism right there. It, it's, you got to get that pause. They, uh, te- te- Texas, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, colon, the new generation. Mind you, that one had Renee Russo and Matthew No, McConaughey I think that was Renee Zellweger. Wasn't she the one in that? Oh, sorry. Yeah, Renee Zellweger. I didn't mean Bruce. <laughs> the other Renee. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that, that was in 94. Um, and then all the way, so nine years later, in 2003, you had the remake. Which is um, awesome. Texas Chain- yes, with uh, Jessica Biel. And um, it was directed by Marcus Nispel. And um, he's he's an interesting guy. But um, yeah, I you know, I pirated, I hope the NSA or FBI aren't listening now, but I pirated that film and I got a letter from Comcast telling me to not pirate movies. And, uh, I totally did though, um, on my old desktop when I was in high school. And, um, that was my first exposure to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Ooh, I loved that movie. I still love that movie. I think it holds up really well, Mm -hmm. but, um, but yeah, so that's kind of what my baseline for watching this original was is I'm like, Oh, that's, like what they did in the remake. Um, hard to really compare both of them. I won't get into that too much. But anyways, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the beginning was uh, three years later in 2006. And then finally, oh no, sorry. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D was in 2013. That one was a hot pile of garbage. I watched that and it was so bad. Is that the one with um, um, Alexandra Daddario? Yep. Yep, the most beautiful woman in the world, but um, one of them. But uh, yeah, she she's in that one. She's like spoiler. She's the cousin of Leatherface, and it's really weird. Thomas Hewitt. Uh, uh yes. And then in 2017, they had a prequel to Leatherface called Leatherface, and uh, he was a teenager or something it didn't do good it didn't do good at all <laughs> so yeah. uh, then there was rambo last blood <laughs> then there was rambo first last then middle blood <laughs> yeah that's a lot of sequels i mean obviously yeah, it's, an, it's a ton it's an intriguing property and it's one of those ones that mm-hmm. that people just want to keep going back to um i think that this particular movie is uh the lightning in a bottle when it comes to horror movies 
This one just kind of has it all. I'm I'm literally just uneasy the entire time I'm watching it. And there's not too many movies that that kind of make me feel that way. And to the point where I kind of I realize that I can just turn it off or or stop it or whatever. But I just I feel like I have to sit through it. It's not uh, because it's not even that long. And it's just it's just terrifying. It's so weird that that this movie has that kind of like power over me to where I'm just like, oh, I got to watch it, but I don't want it. (laughs) Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I was I felt the same way. It was so weird. And I just was captivated by it. But and we'll get into that in a second. Um, Real quick, uh, fun facts. Uh, According to John Laroquette, he is the narrator at the beginning. He says the whole, you know, the realism thing, like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre or whatever. Um, His payment for the macabre and all that stuff. Yes, exactly. His payment for doing the opening narration was a marijuana joint. So. Yeah, again, this is one of those things. It's like, did this happen or did this not? It's kind of like hearsay or folklore. Um, when it was first released, the film was so horrifying that people actually walked out on sneak previews for it. That I can believe. Um, because in 74, you don't really have anything like this. And you and I were just talking about that, how it's just like, oh, my God. So I could imagine people walking out for this film. Uh, you uh, said John Larroquette was the narration voice. I didn't know that. I like yeah. him. Uh yeah, he um he did the excuse me he did um, from Night Court? for the two thousand three John Larkin? Uh I, I I think so yeah from two in two thousand three he reprised his role and he did the um narration for that That's one awesome I'm pretty sure so yeah so that was the cool. more you know um, the more you know um he yeah there we go narration voice he was all what else was he in he was in like a he TV was in show. Uh, parks and rec he was the former love interest of leslie nope's mother and she reunites him at the dance there you go and he was on the john laura catch show go. which is really funny there's this episode where he's like cruising through like like back country and they get pulled over by mm. a police officer and he's just trying to play it cool and he pops in this tape and it's like hardcore rap music and it's like Kill the whites. <laughs> and he just like kind of like starts bumping his head like, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. So ridiculous. Yeah, but yeah, that's him. He uh he so he did that in 74 and then he reprised it in 2003. So I, I think that's yeah. cool. But he got a joint. He likes to get down. He likes to party. So um and then fi- he likes to party. And then finally, the company worked seven days a week, 16 hours a day in the summertime in one of Texas's notoriously brutal heat waves where the daytime temperature was over 100 degrees and later hovered at around 80 degrees at night. <laughs> so it was a hot one, like seven inches from a midday sun, like from the barrio. You know, um, you know so this movie, I that's weird to explain, but... I just kind of had like Google images up for it. And there's this picture of um, the main heroine in the movie. I, f- I don't know what her name is. Sally. Susie? Susan. Susie? Sally. Sally. Sorry. Sally. Um, you're right. Yeah. And she it's at the dinner scene and she's just sort of tied up. And, you know, they're kind of mm-hmm. laughing like Toby Hoover's like looking at her. It's like a, like a behind the scenes sort of shot. And it's mm-hmm. just one of those things where she looked like she was downright terrified. And I just wonder, like, if you're in that element. And it's just the role is sort of taking over. Like, if you just think that these people really are going to hurt you, your acting is probably going to be a little bit better. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm thinking, like, right. you know, is there a safe word or is there something that she can do? Or she just feels like it's just getting too weird. 
because they're all up in her business and i don't know it's just it's uncomfortable it is so safe word is cranberries it's cranberries i don't like it man (laughs) yeah no no no. but you're right so so there was a so for gunner hansen who played leatherface the titular character well i guess it's not named leatherface but anyways uh he um he wasn't revealed to the cast until like midway through filming and some of them were just mortified by him right absolutely terrified and that's that's kind of what um andy machete did for it like he didn't introduce pennywise bill skarsgård in full makeup to the kids until they had to film the scenes and you get that genuine mm-hmm. terror reaction. I think that's, that's so cool. It's almost like guerrilla filmmaking, but I, I really enjoy that. So you're right. I think, I think that was part of Toby's thing and the guy's a genius. I mean, for just that kind of stuff, he understood that in order to gauge or t- to get true reactions on film, you should probably think outside the box a little bit. Right. So yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. I need like a refrigerator size box to fit in. <laughs> Wait, like a, a small refrigerator guy. or a big one? <laughs> like a little side one you can put some like blood a, in, like a Vance refrigeration <laughs> size box. Bob Vance, Vance refrigeration. <laughs> Um, cool. All right. Let me read a quick synopsis. I did not write this one, so I will give credit to said author. But the year is 1974. A group of five close friends are heading through the back roads of Texas en route to their grandfather's potentially vandalized grave. Among them are Sally Hardesty and her invalid brother, ah. Franklin. They, <laughs> we gotta, they, gotta throw they that encounter... In he loves... I know, right? He loves sausages. <laughs> they encounter an unpleasant hitchhiker... <laughs> who slashes both himself and Franklin with a wicked, a wicked looking knife. The others manage to eject the hitchhiker from the vehicle, but shortly afterwards they are forced to stop and wander over to a small sinister clapboard house nearby in hopes for gas. What none of them realize is that this house is, is the home of the ghoulish Leatherface and his evil demented family of cannibalistic psychopaths. One at a time, the teens are murdered by the evil, evil Leatherface in horrifying ways. Sally soon finds herself an involuntary guest at Leatherface's home and flees into the night to escape the demented cannibal and his loudly buzzing chainsaw. Can she escape the grim fate that befell her friends and brothers based on the terrifying true story of Ed Gein? Uh, Spoiler, she escapes and it is not based on Ed Gein. So I just debunked you. Thank you, Derek O'Kane from IMDb. Um, That's a plot. It's pretty straightforward but at the same time it's incredibly weird i could have just said a group of five sexy teenagers are traveling through texas and stumble upon a really messed up family and that's pretty much all i can say because you have to kind of see it to believe it i mean to be fair these people are breaking and entering into his home and like at one point he just like shakes his head he like sits down at the window he's like what the fuck why do people keep coming into my house trying to do shit it's so funny like that's like there's there's one funny moment in this entire movie and that's it like after he's killed like the fourth person or the third person the mm-hmm. you know it's it, he kills the couple first and then that one dude comes in and then he like runs around the house really fast like looking to see if there's anybody else and he looks out the window and then he just sits down. And he's like, "What the fuck, man? Who are these people? And why are they coming into my house?" Well, his and I don't really know his familial bond, but the guy who is like the shop owner who always yeah, beats him like with the like stick, daddy. He he's like 
did anyone see you or whatever? So maybe that's kind of why he's like, what the hell? Like, you know, I like eating people, but I don't want to eat yeah. you because my daddy will get mad. I really like it when he, um, when he kills the first guy, Kirk, uh, you know, Kirk goes into the house, he gets, he trips, he falls. And then Leatherface sees him. He whacks him on the head, his legs twitching. He pulls uh, Leatherface grabs him and just kind of brings him into that room and then slams that sliding door shut. Oh my that God. Is, yes. That is intense. Yes. So yeah, we'll jump right into this really quick. So um, just right off the bat, did you, did you like this movie despite you being mortified and stuff? Did you like uh, this film? Yeah, I really like it. I've, I've owned it a couple times throughout the years um, in different various modes. Um, but uh, first time I saw it was when I was in fifth grade. My mo- I know. Holy shit, so dude. crazy. My, <laughs> my, my dad, father of the year, he's a fine young man. He, um, <laughs> my mom and sisters went up north to visit uh, like my grandmother. And so they're out of town. And then, you know, my dad's like, hey, let's run some movies. And so we, we, <laughs> yeah, we got Scarface <laughs> and uh, Texas Chainsaw oh Man. And uh, <laughs> holy shit, man, I, I was floored. And, and so whatever, 10, 11 year old Justin, he was forever traumatized uh, in the ways of the hillbilly. Um, I just I can't. It makes yeah. me nervous. So so when I watch movies like um, whatever, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Hills Have Eyes deliverance wrong turn just shit like that it just it freaks me out on a whole nother level it it is to me it is the scariest kind of thing because it could happen to anybody you could just get lost you could get um whatever uh, home invasion who knows whatever weird shit happens when you're out camping or or traveling cross-country and not a fan and and i think that this movie might be sort of the the seed that was planted that has forever haunted me in the ways of hillbilly, especially like like the dinner scene. Forget about it. I can't handle that. Don't like it. And how she even is crying for help and running, and she thinks she finds sort of that moment of of like salvation, like oh my god, I'm going to be okay, and then it it turns into to not being the case. Like even that just terrifies me. Like you think you just got away with it. And then, nope, not the case. You get kidnapped and brought back. Hate that feeling. <laughs> um, I'm glad you said that. So I do want to kind of jump because you started with something that I wanted to talk about, but then you went to the, another amazing thing that I wanted to talk about too. So we'll get to both. First of all, so you, you, so absolutely. Um, I think that like kind of what you said, that this is that small town USA could happen to you sort of thing. So I think this film helped establish um, realism in horror films, for lack of a better term. Um, it added that new element to the genre. And um, I, I think of like Jaws, one of your favorite movies, right? Where viewers vicariously were as terrified as the protagonists dealing with these very real life situations. Um, like with Jaws, you know, you didn't want to go in the water, correct? I mean, I don't, yeah. And and for this, I mean, this could be your next door neighbor. If you lived in a weird hillbilly town Um or if you've and we've we've all taken road trips, I think, but you drive through a one horse town to get gas. I mean, you could take a legit wrong turn somewhere and end up in this situation or picking up a hitchhiker. Dude, I um, thought I did one just time. That, yeah. I, we, we had me and my, and my ex-wife, we were traveling through Death Valley and we stopped to get gas and 
it was like an abandoned. It, it it looked like an abandoned gas station, but it said open, and and the pumps worked. So I'm like, all right, <laughs> fine, let's do this. I don't want to run out of gas out in the middle of the desert, right? So I'm filling up, and then I'm mm. like, dude, I need a snack of some kind. So I go inside, and there's like flies all in the shop. And I'm like, are you fucking serious? Like, this is my nightmare. And, and like, there's like this 1950s like soda machine that's making this god awful rattling noise. And then, and I had to pee so fucking bad, Zach. I'm not gonna lie. And and so I, I see this hallway, and I'm like, dude, just don't even do this. This is, you're literally asking to get murdered right now. And and I take two steps towards the hallway, and I hear like this loud like bang. I'm like, nope, fuck this shit. And I just walk right out. <laughs> I literally thought I was going to die. I have no idea what happened. I could have been some poor bastard getting murdered back there, but I was not sticking around, and I just got the hell out of there. Did you pay for your well, gas? Yeah, it, was, it, had the, it had a card. They're all out. They only got diesel. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit, dude. I, I swear I thought I was going to die. I was... It could have been some dude just whatever moving freight or something. I have no idea, but I I yeah. saw the my the end of my life in like two seconds, and I was like, nope, not gonna happen. I'm not gonna be that asshole that goes to investigate a strange noise. I'm leaving. Forget about it. And I think I think that's a, a hallmark of a really good film, though. Like like I was saying earlier, this this one is that type of this could happen anywhere and. When you when you went to that gas station, why do you think you were you were acting like that? Is it because you've seen films like this, or you've read news articles like this kind of stuff? What was the motivation? Oh yeah, it was one hundred percent like The Hills Have Eyes, Wrong Turn, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You name it, all those three movies just had this massive bukkake party, and it ended in this gas station. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for the thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. No, it was it was bad. I like I literally walked in there. It smelled horrible. It was making god awful noises. Just like when when they when the couple walks to the the house at um, in Texas Chainsaw, mm-hmm. there's the generator going on, right? And it, there's all these cars mm-hmm. that are parked there. Are those do those cars belong to to other travelers? You know what are all those cars doing there? It's a little weird. Um, it, this was like in the in the fall, so all the leaves were like dead, and there was this a ton of crows just in these trees. The entire setting just looked like it was just a bad idea. I don't even, I, I shouldn't have even <laughs> stopped, but I had to get gas and I didn't want to run out. Obviously I'm in the middle of nowhere, but everything yeah. about this whole scene just said no. And, and like an idiot, I went in anyway. I'm just glad I'm still. Uh, yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> so fucking stupid. That's well. And that's interesting because, so I have, well, it's not a similar story, but um, it's interesting how our backstories can, well, our like surroundings or whatever can shape our ideas and um, how we handle certain situations. When I was a young lad of, I think, 16, I was a courtesy clerk at Albertsons. And um, so I was helping people out with their groceries, bagging groceries and whatever. Um, excuse me. And I helped this uh, this guy. He was really, really weird. I mean, something wasn't right in you know in his mind. He just was... He was very, very odd. He was very aggressive, but it was kind of in a scary way. But I mean, we still, you know, he's a customer, so we treat him that way. But he wanted help out to his vehicle. He had like three bags in his cart and I can't tell him no. He was a really big dude. He was probably like six, four. He was just he was a big dude. He was wearing a jumpsuit like a Michael Myers, like um, mechanics jumpsuit. Right. And 
it's at night. It was probably eight o'clock at night and there wasn't really anybody in the store. And I held him out to his vehicle. He doesn't park right next to the store. We were in like strip mall. He parked all the way in the corner. <laughs> so here I am, yeah. this si- this 16-year-old sexy supple kid. And um, I am just, I'm helping him out to his car. And I'm like, oh, I got your groceries. And he opens the back of his giant Suburban. He has like seven dogs in his car. And they're all barking like crazy, trying to bite at the window. And I'm like terrified. I'm like, what is going on? He reaches in the back of his car and he's like, hang on a second. Hold on. I'm almost ready. And I'm like, oh, shit. And I just put the groceries down. I'm like, um, I got to go. Have a good day. And I ran back inside. It was so weird, dude. I seriously, I was like, this is how people die. I was like, I was expecting him to get a burlap sack, throw it over me and throw me in for his dogs or something yeah, that's like terrifying. that. But see, and, and, and a big reason I thought of that was because I've seen stuff like this, like. I was telling you, I hadn't seen Texas Chainsaw in its entirety, but I've seen parts of it. And same with like Event Horizon. We were talking earlier. I'd seen parts of it, but the worst parts. So I always thought that that was a a reality or a potential reality. But I I have your same sentiment, man. I didn't have any flies in a gas station. To quote Depeche Mode, death is everywhere. (laughs) There are flies on the windscreen. It was so fucking scary. Swear to God. <laughs> also, to, to quote Depeche Mode, I'm your own personal oh, there Jesus. That's the, the only song I know. So. Holy shit. I, I, I'm literally just like getting like the chills thinking about it. I can't believe that. Like my heart just fucking <laughs> sank when I walked in that place. Oh. Like, I, I am going to. So you've been, you've been on point today with these segues because this is great. So um, realistically speaking, if you were a character in in a film like this and something like this do you think that you could survive in this type of I horror think, film like do you personally I think, think you could? I would run so fucking fast my shoes would catch fire <laughs> <laughs> there's no way that that Mr. Hewitt would be able to catch me with his chainsaw I would be fucking <laughs> flying I would I would do the Naruto would... run I'd have my arms behind me <laughs> and I would just be fucking taken off dude Forget about. I it. would push. I would push Franklin. I'd push Franklin. I'm like here, he's yours. I, I would be a gold medal Olympian, and there's no fucking way I would go in that house. I wouldn't go on anyone else's mm-hmm. property. And if I even thought I heard the sound of a chainsaw, I would book it. Forget about it. So and and while like I really like that this movie takes takes risks with the the genre bending, but it also fail or it falls to the same type of horror film tropes you know like the sex the ignorance and curiosity even though there wasn't sex in it there was still a hint like when the i cannot remember the names for the life of me but um i guess i could just look really quick but uh the first couple that die like um and we'll jump back to that scene you were talking about but the first the guy and the gal that die that go to the house yeah his, um, his name was they're kirk. gonna go i don't know what her kirk yeah, so they're gonna go. They're gonna go Pam, make babies Pam. at at the lake, Pam. Um, and so you know, there's that sex, that ignorance, and the curiosity that they all have. That they're kind of like, oh, whatever. We'll go here. We'll check out this really crazy house in this really, you know, podunk town. I mean, they didn't have the foresight that you had. That you're like, uh, you know, this isn't working here for me. I'm, I'm good. I'll find gas a different way or something. Um, they were very much like curiosity, mm-hmm. right? And curiosity kills the cat. So it's uh, 
it, I, I'm with you. I would be like, no, 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 we're, we're, we're not going to do that. We're going to get the hell out of here and we're not going to listen to this person or something like that. Cause I've seen way too many scary movies for this type of thing. So, but I would pick you on my team in a film. Cause you're so fast. You're so fast and you're so, you have a, a cunning. I do. I'm very resourceful. You are like MacGyver. You, you're like MacGruber. <laughs> I'm gonna shoot. I'm gonna shoot. So <laughs> oh, um. So let's go back to that uh, that scene you were talking about. I think, and I and we talked about this on the Evil Dead podcast. I am not a huge jump scare fan, but I am a jump scare fan when it is done tastefully and correct. And this scene is something that I would like to show people who <laughs> I want to go show all those asshole directors how to do a jump scare because this was awesome. It was a really, really great reveal of this iconic antagonist Leatherface, right? And it's, it's so sudden it's so jarring and they lingered just enough on him to really get you to be like, what the fuck? Cause w- going into this blind scene, like if you saw this opening night and you had no idea you would never have guessed that that creature would have come out and they lingered just enough for it to happen. There's no music playing. As soon as he gets hit in the head with a hammer, it gives that kind of jarring like me. And then there's music that starts going. And then you're right. He slams the door and you're just kind of like, holy shit. Yeah. No, that, that's badass. <laughs> that, that's like that, one of my favorite scenes ever in a horror movie. I was blown away that that held up so well. Like I was legit like, Oh my God. When I saw it happen, I I literally said that I was like, Oh my God. I just, I was blown away. I thought that that was so well done. And you're, you're right. Just that sheer, it's kind of like claustrophobic too, with how it's, it's that tiny door. And he's such a big guy. Gunnar Hansen was such a big guy, but just that sound it makes when he hits him on the head with the hammer. Oh, I just, I'm getting the, yeah. And then his legs all twitching. Oh, oh, yeah. I don't like that. Yeah. And then, oh, God. I didn't and then like when Pam goes in, the door's closed. And then she goes around the corner into the dining room and or into the kitchen, rather. And there's just like bones mm-hmm. everywhere. You know, she's. She, yeah, like feathers, feathers and bones, stuff. Uh, animal skeletons, people skeletons. Uh, there's the shot of this couch that has bones just like strapped to the sofa. And it's it's so off putting. And. And you're trying to digest everything that's happening as same as she is, uh, only for him to come out and then she sees him. She takes off running and he catches her and pulls her back in. That is just horrifying. And then puts her on a hook and she has to watch as he's like cutting up her boyfriend with a chainsaw. Yeah. Awful. And that was in, in just utilizing, I mean, that meat hook and the fact that you're right, yeah, like she has to witness that actually happening, the mutilation of her boyfriend, who's, I mean, she probably knows is dead by that point, but it's just horrifying because then it's that buildup of what's he going to do to me? What is this thing going to do to me? And I just, oh, the grittiness, like how dark that was, how grimy mm-hmm. that was. I don't like Ugh. Like it's just what, it wasn't clean. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> forever you know, unclean. Up in, 
<laughs> so so what 74 so five years later we get you know um the babysitters we get halloween where it's in homes and 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 that can be terrifying to to an extent of course because it's that small town usa it could happen next door but this is something that you're like i've never seen this type of life where there's freaking chicken feathers and bones everywhere it is weird and dark and you know satanistic and it's just Ugh, it's it's odd, but it, it it worked, and so I think. But I think you're right, and I'm glad you started it with that with that scene because that was just probably the most memorable part of this film was that initial reveal of Leatherface. I thought it was so brilliant, and his his mask. Um, they have some close ups of of Leatherface too, and he has like weird prosthetic teeth in. And he's like licking his teeth, and it's so creepy. It's, like, it's so yeah, gross. It's, it's like stereotypical hillbilly, you know, cousin, cousin <laughs> Jethro or whatever, where he's got like Jethro. a snuggle two for two, and it's uh, it's edgy, man. Uh, yeah, I just. Uh, um, so one thing though. Um, that I will say that's glaring about this film. So unfortunately it, since it is older, um, it doesn't necessarily hold up in terms of production and in terms of some of the filmmaking. So I like that Hooper took chances and he, he, he liked low angles a lot. And I think that was a lot of, um, it gives you this kind of, uh, bigger feel for the scale of the film. Um, but it also puts more emphasis on the potential danger. Right. Like you're um, at the mercy of these I, killers. Like you, you are being held hostage by these people. Like always looking up yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Yes, exactly. And um, I, I think the acting wasn't the best, but again, these are just pretty much normal people. This is like if you and I made a movie and we were just talking about, I don't know, we were like, here in my car, <laughs> I fall safe of all. Um, or it's so it, it, it was. Co- <laughs> um, I mean, I applaud. I applaud his choices too. Like so, adding adding Franklin as a um, you know, physically disabled. I w- that's not even the PC term. Physically impaired um character. It it's a different element in a film because that adds this whole other thing of like, whoa, why is he in this wheelchair? He's not a normal you know, sexy teen like they all are. He's just a, a dude that likes eating sausages and has a, has a granddad. Yeah, and he's uncle got a pappy that worked at the fucking slaughterhouse. And the, the slaughterhouse. So weird. Um, it was weird. I know. Um, it, but they, they linger. He lingers a little too much on certain things. Um, and I think it pays off for some, but I don't think it pays off for all. So like that, that dinner scene, like we were both talking about, um, he lingers a long time on that. But it is so freaking creepy, and it is it, it's really well done, right? I, um, I especially like that, how the camera yeah. is Sally and looking down the table at, at mm-hmm. um, you know, birthmark man, K- yeah, face. <laughs> <laughs> the the gas station, the, the dad, the grandpa, and then Leatherface, and they're mm-hmm. all the way at the other end, and they just kind of keep getting closer and closer, and they're leaning in across the table so they can all look at her. Um, it's, it's so uncomfortable. I can't, can't stand it. His name is, his name is literally, literally hitchhiker. He doesn't have a name in the film. He's billed as hitchhiker. And the other guy's name is just old man. Oh wait, no, that's actual old man. No, yeah, no, no. He's old man. So like the dad thing is old man. And then hitchhiker is kidney bean. Yeah. Mark. 
Um, but you're right. So that that POV from her angle, it, it, that table looks so long, but yet they keep coming closer. And I think that's so terrifying because she can't do anything. She's tied up. And, what is she going to do? There are like, somebody else's some... arms underneath her arms. Which is yeah, and that was so yeah. weird. And <laughs> <Not a fan. laughs> and like, no, no. And and there's so many weird little, you know, intricacies in this film that you kind of look at. Like for all this mutilation and stuff, when they slice her finger, I was like, <laughs> just because I don't like getting cut. And that little tiny thing um, of her finger getting sliced and then they you know, like the dead grandpa starts sucking on her <laughs> yeah. finger, like some, yeah, oh, pretty gross. oh God. Um, the, the 2003 film, I really didn't like the part when I can't remember his name, but, uh, it's essentially like when Kirk gets hit, it's an homage to that. Um, the guy, the blonde guy, he wears like a tank top. He goes in, he gets hit with a hammer. He's getting pulled down the stairs and they have a close up on his hands as he's dragging across, across the wall. His fingernails oh, rip oh, off like that. that part. That part gets me every single time. And that's the scariest part in that movie for me. I, I hate that kind of stuff. Um, so I think this this scene that, that we're talking about, it, it really kind of encapsulates everything that all of our fears that are instilled inside of us from that of you can't go anywhere and you have to kind of deal with this nonsense. Mm. <laughs> ah, I don't I don't like it. I was so uncomfortable, Justin. I yeah. was so uncomfortable. I was like, this needs to stop. It went on. <laughs> Wait, no, it's, it's not even that long of a movie. That's the funny thing. It's not. Yeah. But that was like a fourth, a, a quarter of the movie was the dinner scene. It just took yeah, so long. That's rough. But that's what was it, that's what was so good about it. It's it's you're like, what is going to happen? And in so me not not have seen like seen it and knowing what happens, I've seen the ending and I'm like, okay, I know the ending and I'm trying to find that missing puzzle piece. So what happens? How does she escape? And I'm just watching it go on. I'm like, I'm not expecting this to happen. I wasn't expecting, you know, them to hit her on the head with a hammer and everything. It just, uh, it was so disturbing. And their laughs when they were like howling with her. Right. I hated no, that. It, it's really I bad. hated that It's hardcore. So and like when, when Nikki, Leatherface keeps putting the, the little mallet in the, the grandpappy's hand. And it's almost like Russian roulette where it's like, this time, this time, this time. <laughs> and uh, when he does hit her, you know, it, it's awful. It shows like that close up of like the blood on the on her back of her head. It's pretty awful. And then, mm-hmm. you know, when they're running down the road, they're just taunting her as she's running away. It's, it's awful. Yeah, it's, it's it is a terrifying movie and it's one for the ages. And I it's one of those movies where uh, I just feel like no matter how old you are, it's always going to make you uncomfortable. You know, we talk about remakes all the time <sighs> and how horror movies usually do pretty well with remakes because it can be a little bit more relatable for today's younger audience. Um, but I think there's something about mm-hmm. this one that's so creepy that uh, it just kind of sticks. It lingers. It's it's the people that are involved. There's, you know, we don't have phones that we can just call somebody. You know, it's one of those things where, you know, like, oh, my God, there's a really big dude with a yellow apron that's really upset right now <laughs> he's trying to talk to me but his chainsaw, he's like, turn off his chainsaw it's too goddamn loud <laughs> trying to reason with a man but uh he's got he's got a skin yeah. condition he's like wearing someone's that's face a problem. Right 
Well, and okay. So then, do you think that this was an instant classic when I it first came out? I don't out? know the answer to that. I, if I were the first time that I saw it, I knew that it was one of the scariest movies I've ever seen. I, I can oh, tell you that. I mean, I was okay. eleven. It might have something to do with it, but mm-hmm. I think that's the perfect age to be watching those movies, man. When 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 it can have an impact on you at a young age, where you can go to bed thinking about it and being scared, I think that's when you can really um, maximize the potential of the the fear factor of these movies. You know, even like something like Nightmare on Elm Street. You know, um, the first one's pretty scary. You know, Freddy's not a funny guy. You know, it wasn't until like the third one that mm-hmm. he really started to to be like a, a Weisenheimer and, and start cracking jokes, but. There's just something about being a, a young age, being fascinated with it, maybe because you're not supposed to watch it. So you want to watch it. You know, you want to stay up late. You mm-hmm. want to watch that R rated movie. And then you're like, fuck, my parents were right. I shouldn't have watched that. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't have ate so much yeah, candy. And holy shit. <laughs> they told me not to watch it. I had to watch it. And now I'm going to pay for it. And, and I think that's so funny. And that's just part of growing up. And I, and I think that these mm-hmm. movies, um, kind of teach you something it's almost like uh it's weird because after watching this i i knew that this is bad and i i can't i can't ever go to texas i'm never gonna go into someone's house <laughs> I'm, just, I'm never gonna put a chainsaw <laughs> not, i fucking hate chainsaws dude god damn <laughs> it's just the oh, worst no i think yeah no that's that's so funny i mean it's it's one of those things. And you were talking about nightmare on Elm street. I mean, that was one that terrified me too. When I was a kid, because I was like, I can't go to sleep because he's going to attack me in my dreams. So what the fuck do I do with, with Texas chainsaw TCM as I like T TCSM as I like to call it. Um, I can just avoid Texas, (laughs) (laughs) but, but, but but like a nightmare on Elm street destroyed me because i'm like holy shit he is terrifying but you're right i think starting from that young age it kind of instills this fear and 11's not super young you're like on the cusp of puberty you have your own thoughts and you can kind of really grasp what's going on with things and they're gonna they're gonna last with you forever because clearly it's your memories have lasted with you since you were 11 right so um but let's just say that you're, let's say you're 19 year old greaser, yeah. Justin, you got a fresh pack of camels rolled up in your white t-shirt and you roll them up in your sleeve in 1974. And you go with your best gal to go see this Texas, Texas chainsaw massacre that all the, that all the papes are talking about everything you read in the papes. It says, go see Texas chainsaw. Do you think that you leaving this movie you would have liked it or you would have been like, holy shit, dude, that was something. Yeah, I I think I would. I think I would have loved it. Um, But I mean, I would have very much been scared. I would have been screaming. I would have been laughing like I do when I watch scary movies. Um, (laughs) You're like the Joker. (laughs) It's too much. Uh, It's like sensory overload. Like as I'm watching it, I'm Mm -hmm. sitting on my on my sofa tonight. Perfect example. I just watched the movie ended 10 minutes before we started recording and I my heart was pumping and and I'm literally I'm like freezing and it's it's not even that cold, but I'm just like I'm cold because I'm I'm scared. It's really weird. Like it was it was sensory overload for me. And there aren't too many movies that can do that. And I've seen this movie, you know, whatever, five, six times. And it still does that to me. So I don't know, man, that that just screams amazing movie to me. 
I think I am a hundred percent like in your, in your same ballpark with that. I, it, I, I wasn't expecting it cause we've reviewed older films. I think this might be one of the oldest films we re- reviewed. So I did cast aside the fact that it has some, you know, antiques um, in terms of the, the filmmaking aspects, but not many like, you know, this movie, it does a really, really great job of creating tension. I was tapping my foot. I was like, Slapping my leg like I do for my nervous like twitch for these things when I get anxious. Um, you know, it's not always a home run, but it lingers long enough during scenes like that dinner scene to really build that tension. And um, I was just captivated during this entire film. And it was so unsettling. But I think it was fantastic. I... I loved this movie. I think it was so great. And and you and you, I saw your your Instagram story. Your version that you have is pretty cool. Is that ground beef yeah. on the back? Of <laughs> Isn't that awesome? <laughs> yeah, gross. that's so gross. Yeah, it's got like this little. It has that's this chainsaw so flap to it, and then you can open that, and uh-huh. then on the back is uh, is ground beef. It's so fucking gross. Oh, I know. Oh. It's oh, disgusting. And, and, and it's so textured gross. too. So like when you touch it, it feels really weird. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. I was like, okay, I'm just going to vomit all over my case. <laughs> no, the vomit adds like $5 yeah. to it. So. Jesus, yeah, it's pretty gnarly. Oh my gosh, man. Yeah, no, I, I think... So, yeah, I, I would say that um, letter grade. I'm holding the chainsaw to your head right now. <laughs> what's, your, what's your letter oh, grade? For horror for movies, I give it an A. What about movies in, uh, in, in it's general? It's probably like a B. Okay. Um, I guess we'll do that then too. I think for horror movies, I think an A plus, I think this was absolutely fantastic. It, it it really, I can see why a lot of lists put it as the number one horror film of all time. You can just unravel so much with it. It's, it's kind of linear in terms of the plot, but it just goes completely off the rails. And it's something that you have not really ever seen before. And some people have tried to imitate they just have not captivated or captured, you know, what Hooper was trying to do with this. And oh, so, but yeah, as a film, I'd probably give it, eh, I'd give it a B plus. I mean, I really appreciate what he was trying to do. The night scenes kind of sucked for me. It was really hard to see at night. Um, yeah, and I don't all you, really all you know had was basically how, like headlights from cars to kind of help you out. That's true. Um, there, there have been plenty of, well, um, of horror movies yeah. that are, are way gorier um you know and and probably scarier but i think what's cool about this particular mm-hmm. one is just the overall uneasiness that comes with it and how it is mm-hmm. a just a regular movie with some hardcore um horror elements to it but i feel like it's very relatable i feel like this could happen to anyone it's not people going to some you know other country or going through the amazon and coming across like cannibals these are these are Americans in in like the heartland of Texas and weird <laughs> shit is happening. That's that's scary. And there's no there's no Texas Walker yeah. Ranger. Chuck Norris <laughs> could beat the shit out of all these guys in like five seconds during commercial break. But yeah. he is just not available right now. <laughs> well, and even the narration too. Um, so where they present it as this almost 
based on a true story thing, which it, it, it totally wasn't, but where they presented as this thing like based on a true story. And I think that's where the 2003 remake was so great is, you know, that uh, original opening where they take oh, the love photos that. and it does that really jarring Yeah, the Polaroid. Sound, like yeah, I love that. Yeah, so they did that in the 2003 one, and then the very they started with it, right? And then they ended with it the same. And they're like, "This is the only footage of of the man they call Leatherface or whatever," and it's this jarring yeah, photo like attacking of him, the police or whatever. Yeah, that, yeah, and they're like, they say he was never found or whatever, and people were freaking out from that because they're like oh shit this was real well it totally wasn't real but the fact that they presented it like this you're like oh my god this could happen at a gas station when i'm trying to fill up in the middle of death valley or whatever right so i think that alone was brilliant uh on on hooper's part like right. absolutely brilliant it's yeah uh, so terrifying. um the narration at the beginning that you said was uh, by john lorquette which is fantastic that just fully blows my mind i can't believe i didn't know that um, the film which you are about to see is an account of the tragedy which befell a group of five youths, in particular Sally Hardesty and her invalid brother, Franklin. It is uh, all the more tragic in that they were young, but had they lived a very, very long lives, they could not have expected nor would they have wished to see as much of the mad and macabre as they were to see that day. For them, an idyllic summer afternoon drive became a nightmare. The events of that day were to lead to the discovery of one of the most bizarre crimes in the annals of American history, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So right there, hearing some weird voice <laughs> tell you the story says, oh, my God, this is true. This just happened. This is a documentary shot in real time. These people are getting murdered in front of me. <laughs> With GoPros. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's weird no, how I that think happens. That's, that's yeah. great. Like, so. Right there, they're just planting the seed like, hey, you are about to witness something horrifying. And right there just puts you in their shoes and you immediately feel mm. like freaked out. And I, I think that's that's fascinating. Let me. Um, so this is the 2003 narrator, same John. L- John L- Larroquette. L- oh, I can't say his name. Yeah, Lariquette, his uh, narration. So the film which you are about to see is an account of the tragedy which befell a group of five youths. It is all the more tragic in that they were young, but had they lived their very, very long lives, they could have not expected, nor would they have wished to see as much as the mad and macabre as they were to see that day. For them, an idyllic summer afternoon became a nightmare. For 30 years, the files collected dust in the cold cases division of the Travis County Police Department. Over 1,300 pieces of evidence were collected from the crime scene at the Hewitt residence, yet none of the evidence was more compelling than the classified police footage of the crime scene walkthrough. And then it shows the cops, and they're like, you know, looking around, and there's a cloud of hair embedded in the fingernail, blah, 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 and they're going to move through. And then he goes, the events of that day were led to to one of the most bizarre crimes in the annals of American history, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So they take essentially the same thing, but they kind of add a little flair to it. But you're right. Even that just gives me chills. Like when you were reading that, I'm yeah. like, ugh, because it, re- it reminds me and, and it presents it from the very get-go that you're like, this is, yeah, you're right. This is like a documentary. This this is something that happened. <laughs> this, this was huge, man, It's man. fucking scary. It's fucking yeah, it scary. is scary. I, I hate it. It fucking grosses me out. And then even the house, uh, you know, it's that long driveway through that farmland and it's that really big house. I, mm-hmm. I just don't like it. 
I don't like it either. And I think that uh, Mr. Hooper did such a good job with the lighting when they were in actual buildings. Like, so when she goes upstairs and she doesn't realize that, you know, grandpa's basically dead in that chair and she's like, help me or whatever, and runs up to him. They have two single lights in there with no shades and the lamps and it just kind of lights a whole room but it's so weird because it's she's like in the in the not the ceiling but the very peak of the house and it looks so claustrophobic but long at the same time um i think it's just very oh it's eerie everything about that house is so eerie and then she runs out the window and like crashes down and uh, i yeah man I the whole forest scene too, man. Leatherface is in good shape too. He's right. got some cardio, man. He can. I could can outrun run. that fucker so easily. I I swear to God, <laughs> I would be running so fast. You would you would never in a million years see a human being run so fast. She and and he like he almost catches her every single time, and it's so weird it's hard to see a lot of it because it's so dark but yeah that scene goes on for a long time too i think that one is one that i wasn't super impressed with because it just dragged on so long the dinner scene for sure but yeah oh well that's a that's a great way to to go to bed thinking of uh, of the macabre macabers (laughs) so (laughs) macabers so that's that's all i have to say about the 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 tcm the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> what about uh, you? What I, say you? I am done. I can't. I can't take any more. Can't take this shit no more. Too scary. <laughs> Getting too old for this shit. So good. Well, yeah. Um, I enjoyed it. Uh, I think it's it's essential for everyone to watch who is a horror film fan. Um, it's it's a huge huge part of film history, not just horror film history. I think you definitely need to see this movie. So can't recommend it enough. Two thumbs way, way yeah. up. Zach Dale. <laughs> Zach Dale 60. <laughs> Dude, you take us out. Let's go to oh, let's go to In and Out. No meat. Get the veg. Can I get a, <laughs> can I get all that crap that you would normally put on a hamburger, but just take that patty out. I don't need that shit. Uh, thank you for listening to another fun and festive episode of the Don't Be Crazy Podcast. Remember to follow us on Twitter at DBCrazyPod, at EdgyArmo, and at ZachDale60. You can share your thoughts with us just like Josh did. And let us know if you picked up one of the movies we've been talking about. Uh, hopefully you're able to give these movies a go and watch them and enjoy them. And maybe even uh, either agree or disagree with what we have to say about it. Um, if you got any ideas, feel free to share your thoughts and give us some some tips on what we should watch next. Uh, just please don't be crazy. Thank you for listening. Thank, Thank you so much. much.